Good morning, folks. I want to ask one question today. Are you doing what you love? Okay, two questions. Are you living your life with purpose? Every day you are sending a message by demonstrating your actions. Productivity can be measured with science and analytics, which is very helpful when it comes to work and life and etc. But your happiness is defined by you. When you live your life with purpose, you are going to try your best. Your actions will center around the life that you want to live. Doing your best creates actions of gratitude, which becomes your real reward. So many of us go to work every day so that we can get our reward of money and a few hours a week to spend that money with time off. So many of us go to work because we feel like we have to. Well, I'm here to tell you that if you repurpose your work and reinvent your purpose, trust me, your rewards will come. And the best part is that you will not be attached to those rewards. They will just be a reminder that you are the actual reward. Now let's reward ourselves and- It's time to play hard, work hard. Now let's play hard. I never let the joker out my sight. Never went broke, I mean all or nothing. Never made a bet so out of line till I met you and I hit the ground. And I'm almost say, I've never seen so much weakness in one place. They put the 20 inch bicep with no strength. Cause you've been wrapping it around all the wrong things. Uh, and you were singing my praise, saying I'm magic. Welcome to the Crude Live Morning Show. Wait a minute, let's we'll start over here. Welcome to the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show. My name is Jason Spees. That is Sterling. Welcome Sitting back. Across from Welcome yeah. back, man. Yeah, who's welcoming who back? Are, are you welcoming me back? Am I welcoming I you back? I just sat in a dark closet until you showed up and unlocked the door for me. So. You were in tree planting training. we got to talk about yeah, that in a minute or two, folks. Planting trees. How you doing here? My name is Jason Spies. That is Sterling. Sterling comes to us from Daharan, otherwise known as a oil and gas camp. Yep, beautiful downtown Saudi Arabia. Downtown Saudi Arabia, <laughs> baby. And... Uh, 15, 20,000 people live in this crew camp with... You guys had, like, razor wire around the... Right? It was a security fence, not I mean, to keep us out or the, in, I but guess. But you had a, bo- you had yes, a wall. Yes, there, there was a wall. There was a border. It, it was a yeah. fence. Yeah, there was security checkpoints to get out. Yep, absolutely. What was that like, living in a wall? Because we got one building down in Texas. Right, they're building one. Well, see, you're ahead of the curve we were on ahead. that, too. <laughs> I don't know what they were building it against, man. The sand. Did any of you kids ever go when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. Because you were a kid, right? When yeah. you were like fourth grade over there. Yeah. Did you ever go up to the wall, press your fa- face up again? Did you really? Some of us snuck <laughs> over because we butted right up against a, a military air base. Oh, no kidding? Yeah, so we would, some of us sneak over at the end of the runway. Folks, this is the type of stories that just come out every now and then here on the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show. Sterling grew up in Dahran, Saudi Arabia. His dad worked for Ramco, which is now Saudi Ramco, the largest oil and gas company in the world. Sterling is part of a group known as the Aramco Brats. They are rich, entitled kids called Ramco Brats. I wish we were Wait, rich. You entitled, take the word rich sure. out of there. That's right. Yeah, entitled, of course, but rich now. <laughs> Cross it out with a sharpie. <laughs> entitled kids. That reminds uh, me. Did you serve some Aramco brats? We did not. We no. barely had time to get our potatoes done. It's <laughs> a lot at of the potatoes. And barbecue. Uh, but no, I did want to mention uh, about the Saudi and the Ramco and everything that um, 
We've got an event coming up. Is there still masks down there? Have you uh, I haven't checked in the last week, but last time, yeah, there was going to be masks on the indoor stuff. And that's what, Labor Day weekend, September, was that first down weekend? Down in Tucson, Tucson Arizona. Arizona. Which is right now making history for like the seventh consecutive day over 110 degrees. Oh, so. good. Good, good, good. Yeah, I'm sure it'll cool down to a, a nice balmy 95 by September. Of course, we got Sturgis coming up as well. That'll be, we got the... Almost ready to announce the location. Yeah. Isn't it? Well, we're down to three. No, no. Location inside of Sturgis. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. We're okay. not going to be, you know, we're, we're going to have a kind of a. A presence. A, a base. A forward a base operating camp. FOB. A place where people can come and do interviews. Right. And De- I, bet, I bet we're going to get all kinds of interviews. Oh, man. Wild, weird interviews. You're going to get the um, whole spectrum. We may. We may. May. Uh, get a pass to one of the prestigious locations. Like VIP status Well, here? the media. Okay, to, media. To let us go media and get tent. some interviews. You know, they won't. No, no. They're not going to give us a booth. They, though those are like $20,000. No, I meant like let you into the yeah. media right, tent. Right. They'll, they'll let us into the area. To, okay. No, they don't have a media tent. That's another $50,000. <laughs> are you kidding me? It's more of an awning <laughs> than Haven't a tent. Have you ever heard the saying, make hay while the sun shines? <laughs> well, in the Black Hills, it's, uh, the sun shines for like a month, and you got to make a lot of hay. A lot of hay. A lot of hay. <laughs> it's kind of like in... Uh, 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 oh, so funny. I was looking uh, for hotels. We got an event coming up. Another event. By the way, folks, we're just kind of doing a little events here. We're talking about. Recap, uh, roundup. We're adding an event in October now. Okay. Down in the Permian Basin. And I went online to look at hotels. Yeah, good luck with that. Oh, my. I am so glad I booked it a month ago. Mm-hmm. It's already when, going. When we first started this. Well, I got a call a month ago from a, uh, an event. Mm-hmm. And they asked if I would be interested in coming down and doing a podcast, uh, kind of like what I do now, right? right? And I said, well, okay, let me take a look. And I found like one hotel at the time, and I don't even know what the name of it is. Mm-hmm. It's some hotel name I've never heard of. Acme Hotel. No, it had... Is it, it Amityville? It was some cute name, you know, whatever. Anyway, uh, I went last night and looked... You know the, the the La Quinta Inn I normally stay at right mm-hmm. next to the patch of grass in right. Odessa? Yeah. They want $449 a night now. Yikes. For for a room. Yeah, exactly what comes with that. Exactly. Right? I mean, like do they feed you, you grapes couple, while you're in a gilded yeah, tub? They give you one extra coffee pod. Yeah. <laughs> little pack. You get coffee pods at your motel? Oh, those things give me such bad gas. Everything. Oh, it's yeah. just terrible, but so we had a good time at the Bach and Barbecue. Your tree planting training went well? Definitely. Planted some birch. Oh, you did birch? Yeah, we did some birch. Yeah, some yeah. fast-growing trees, you know, hopefully fast-growing. Did they, they s- did they bring out the birch bark beer? There was no birch bark beer. There any, was beer. Sarsaparilla? No, nah, it was more of a hard cider. Okay, see, when I went down for my tree planting training, mm-hmm. sarsaparilla they sarsaparilla. served. Sarsaparilla. Yes, yes sorry. I've never had a sarsaparilla. Oh, it's sassy. Is it like a carbonated something? It's somewhere between root beer and cream soda. No, that could be interesting, sir. Yeah. Really cold. Oh, you're going to Kansas City. Order I a am. sarsaparilla. I will. I'm going to definitely get some barbecue. I believe that is what uh, Clark W. Griswold ordered. That's right. When, when he, he went, went to, to the Kansas Grand- City and they got shot. That's right. Here you go. I'll take two sarsaparillas, sir. That's right. <laughs> and I do believe that is what... Uh, 
my main man, uh, Sam Elliott, the dude. The dude. He, he ordered in the dude, he, right? Oh, yeah, he, he, he orders did. a sarsaparilla. Yeah, and they actually had one at a bowling alley in L.A. Exactly. Came, yeah, we got we got Miller Draft and we got sarsaparilla. What do you want? What's the name of that movie again? The Big Lebowski. The Big one Lebowski. of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah. The Big Lebowski. And the dude How's we your trust? sarsaparilla here today? <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, the Bakken Barbecue was a total shit show. Okay, Organized so we're going to start with that, huh? Well, you want to know how that was? Yeah. So that was, I tell you, man, it was it was one of those things where everybody showed up a little bit late. Mm-hmm. Okay, fashionably late. So, including the the guy with the smoker was two hours late. Okay, okay, that's the guy who needs to show up on time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, because you're talking. So that potatoes, set us man. back. Well, then of course I did my part and forgot a pack a knife. Okay. Oh, what? Well, I mean, <laughs> but, how often do you need to hey, cut things well, with you the know, potato? Just cutting fruit and you know everything yeah, like yeah, that to yeah. potatoes. So thank goodness for the legacy tools, mm-hmm. rent to, legacy rental uh, tool rentals uh, for having an extra knife. So. Thank you once again for saving our hide. They were two doors down from us, two boosts down nice. from us. And yeah, because you had a lot of onions and stuff to Oh, call. we had <laughs> onions and rutabagas. Oh, we were man. using our pocket knives. Oh, no. It was, like I said, it was a shit show. Oh, yeah, that's why I just came wow. out and I'm like, I don't even care that I'm swearing this morning. Hey, don't even care. Hey, you made some memories. So we didn't even get the tablecloth on. Okay. <laughs> I mean, we didn't even get, we didn't even get the tablecloth on. So, I mean, that's how much we were up against the wire. Uh, well, the first hour, we didn't have baked potatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had the we had a root medley though. Okay. okay, we had rutabagas, we had potatoes and and Brussels sprouts and okay. onion, kind of a campfire. Sure, you know, cubed so up. All the that deer and rabbits that and were that, there that were went loving over it. Great, yeah, that went over great. We had pineapple and watermelon slices. Mm, so a little mini, you know, there little you yep. little slices of yep. pineapple and little slices of watermelon. Yep. And then we had uh, strawberry and pineapple salsa. Okay. Okay. And then we, uh, and that, you know, we were, yeah, it was fine. Here's the thing. There was so much food and so many people and everybody was in such a good mood. Yeah. It was, but here's the shocker. And I don't even think it was the shocker because I actually believe this is what our intention was. The Dapple Barbecue ESG certified smoked potatoes of inclusion (laughs) served. In the crude life tent of diversity, who do you think we're going after? We're going after children. Right. And we're going after females that are like around the mother's age, right? Mm-hmm. That's who we're trying to that reach. That was your demographic First right and foremost, okay? Sure. We partnered with Miss Teen North Dakota, okay? There's a reason that we did a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Guess what I heard from every single person who worked our booth, what? okay? Otis, my son, who's 15, mm-hmm. he brought friends with. Okay, they worked the booth, right? We also had Jenica's husband and uh, mother-in-law nice. and daughter. Okay. So you had a whole tribe basically so here. There was probably, yeah, we had half a dozen people. And we had, nice. uh, of course, Stephen Kirsnick with right. uh, Kershisnick, sorry, with uh, Dapple Barbecue. Mm-hmm. Yep. He was there as Doing well. The smoking. So we, you know, we had six, seven, eight people mm-hmm. with myself. That's a decent crew, man. Working this, right? Yeah. So every single person I asked... Because honestly, I was emceeing most of the night. Mm-hmm. And I'll get into that. You slacker. Just, we haven't even gotten to the shit show that that was, okay? Because that, and by the way, everything was perfect. Yeah. Okay. And when I say shit show, I mean that in the most endearing possible way because 
It was one of those things that no matter what went wrong, it still went right. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. It just, it was one of those nights that just everything with the ATM ran out of cash. <laughs> well, you know, the, the late ATM ran out of cash. That's how you know you're having a good night. No, man. they trucked one in specifically with $20,000 and it ran out of cash and it ran out of cash by seven o'clock. Wow. Okay. Okay. We had to, we had to open a door for the other ATM in the ice rink. <laughs> just to get access get to more, more cash money. Yeah. because people were running down to the store. Well, maybe you guys need to have Bakken bucks next year. Oh, we're going to have something. Yeah, like tokens or something, man. Well, you know, the late Carrie Fisher, <laughs> Princess <laughs> Leia, right? Late Carrie Fisher said that any event, you know, any oh, event you're trying to pass. do, she did pass. But before she did, she said that when you're trying to do any event, right, like what you were doing, it's almost like sex. It needs to go horribly, horribly wrong before it can go right. <laughs> and then does it really matter? Exactly. Because it's just great anyways, right? You know? Well, what's man, the, what's yeah. the, what is that great line from Allie McBeal when Richard Fish says, you know, I, I don't really worry about it. You know, if I orgasm, good for me. If uh, she doesn't, good for me. You know, he's just like, you know, as long as I do, good for me. Right, you yeah. know? Just a, spoken like a true man, yeah, right? But, yeah. <laughs> that guy's going to die alone. So, oh, he was one of the greatest characters. Richard Fish. <laughs> Fishisms. Oh, he was just fantastic. Look it up, folks. Type in Fishisms and you will read and pee your pants at your home desk laughing so hard. I'm sure there's memes all over the place. Well, too. I don't know, man. Allie McBeal, you're talking about like ancient times now, right? That's what I'm Mid, saying. You're mid-90s. Gonna have to look. You're going to look it up yep. at, the, at the Dewey Decimal System known as Google. Okay? Bum, bum, bum. The periodic table known as Google. Uh, anyway, so uh, the, the the booth actually went fine. We the the wind was going. It ripped our it ripped our sign right away. We had to du- <laughs> we had to duct tape it to the table. Uh, we ended up using ankle weights to hold down the booth. Uh, the the Mavericks bar that went flying across us right away. Whoa. So they had to, they had to bring in an extra <laughs> weight. I mean, the wind was going right. Just hire some dude to hold on. And we were right at the end of the wind tunnel. So you're catching that blast. So the way the park lot was you know there's that area that kind of w- w- when you go to the l of a parking lot behind the building where the trash cans mm-hmm. well we had a bar 40 spools for people to stand and still 15 of us smokers back there right right by smokers i mean cookers right not you know the the modern day lepers of cigarette yes. smokers no, so the, the L, you know, kind of the, what mm-hmm. would be known as the lesser area. No, that was packed too. Okay. Everything was packed, the whole parking lot, right? So, but we had the wind tunnel kind of, so we had the extra wind uh, <laughs> along with Sanford Med, well, Air Med, who was right next to us. And uh, carry course, some interesting smells along, I bet. A legacy tool. Yeah, legacy tool there with the extra knife. Oh, uh, and duct tape too. I believe I still have their duct tape. Oh, I just realized that. I got to send them more than a thank you. Probably. I got to get, you know what? They're going to get a Crude Life mug. There you go. They're going to become a Crude Life community member. Uh, sold four of these there. Nice. Yeah. These things are hell good, man. They're awesome. So I didn't even try to. People unsolicited. Yep. All right. You ready for the MC part? Okay. Yeah. Let's move on to that debacle. Did you want to <laughs> chime in with any of your stories? <laughs> no, man. I did. I've got nothing that compares. I did boring stuff in comparison. Birch tree, huh? Yep. I was planting birch trees and residing a cabin. Oh, you got the residing in too. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah. we didn't. Yeah. They, they didn't make yeah. us do labor. <laughs> they only had and that's that's a generous way of saying that that somebody who doesn't know very much put wood on the side of a cabin. Now, did they put anything 
Did they, did they on the on the planting of the trees? Did they put anything at the bottom of the uh, roots before they put it in there, like sawdust? Or? Yes, yes. Because we're dealing with a lot of clay around yeah. here, we had to amend the soil a bit, so we used fresh compost and some peat moss. Okay. And uh, hopefully that'll help because, you know, around here, man, it's, you know, you dump a beer in your backyard and it floods, right? I mean, we're sitting on the last ice age worth of silt and mud. Yeah. So it's very hard to get something to grow here yeah, successfully. So, okay. So I was just checking on that. See what, when we did our uh, tree planting training on uh, our community tree that we mm-hmm. planted, we laid a fish, a dead fish that was on top of it as fertilizer. Was this like the East Coast Mafia training? No, it was a trees? Native American thing. So, okay. what a lot of Native Americans what they what they did a uh, certain tribe. I don't know which one, and I do apologize. But when they would plant their corn, mm-hmm. squash, and beans, mm-hmm. they would plant them together in a mound. Okay. And in the center of the mound was like a fish, a, either a full fish. Or a piece of the fish. Yeah, chunks of it probably. Right, yep. because, of course, the fertilization Yeah, it's going to be great fertilizer that, so. eventually, yeah. Yeah, and I don't even... I, I, I just, I I'll have to go to the, uh, I guess, to the, uh, go to the fish market and, you know, <laughs> the local Fargo fish market. The one where they have the fish heads. Yeah, we're right on the bay. Next to the chicken uh, legs or yeah, the chicken you know, feet. The, the oh, fish district. God, people suck those out. Oh, yeah, anyway. Man, people like that stuff. All right, you ready for the MC gig? Okay, so okay, what so happens next? Now, I've seen video and it looked like what, it all worked. What, it did. I didn't see anybody have fire or anything. So, what I'm about to tell you folks is some inside behind the MC, and by no means. Am I disparaging any of the work done by the Bakken Barbecue Committee and what they had put into this? Because uh, we were all flying by the seat of our pants there uh, because the people just kept coming. Well, you had a year break, right? So everybody's no, we no, we 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 did it last. That's right, you did. You did did it it last year. It wasn't as, but we didn't know what to expect. Yeah, and the people just kept coming. So we get there and. There, of course, you know, this thing got so big this year because we got it ESG certified and we wanted to make sure that, you know, our social causes mm-hmm. were done and the transparency was done. And yep. so we had extra steps this year. Well, it's kind of like, remember we all had to wear masks mm-hmm. and you end up forgetting your wallet in the car. Yeah. And you go back and you, oh, shoot, I forgot the keys back at the house. But, you know, because the, ma- the extra step of the mask Made us forget something Mm -hmm. all the time. Well, this is kind of like one of those events. Well, I show up. I still, by the way, I submitted the stage itinerary because we had so much activity going on. I had a stage itinerary broken down for every 15 minutes. Wow. Right? So I sent it like a week ahead of time. Yeah. You hadn't gotten it the last time we did a show. And I I had just sent it right. So I had just sent it kind of as just get the ball rolling. Not by any means was this it. Okay. This is what was stone. But last time we talked, this is what what we said we were going to have. Do you guys realize that we have this much stuff going on type (laughs) thing? Right. So we send that out They're They're like, okay, well, this has got to go here. This has got to go here. All of a sudden they get sidebarred to this. I show up, we, I don't have the itinerary yet. Right. I have nothing. So I go, I go, I go to the, the, one girl, the one girl who's not in charge of it, because I see her first. Right. I say, say, I haven't gotten the itinerary for the stage yet. You know, I'm the MC. Yeah, you know the thing that I'm going to be uh, doing right now? You know, we're on in 10 minutes. Yeah, no, no rush. Any notes, anything? Yeah. <laughs> she, Just be yourself. She goes, here, here's what I'm giving the judges. 
she hands me this laminated thing. I don't know what year it was from, but it wasn't from this year. <laughs> In fact, it said on it said on there what time the band started. We haven't had a band in four years. <laughs> I'm like, I'm up on stage and I'm reading this and I'm about ready to say the band. And at that moment, I realized none of this is relevant. Yep. I'm winging this whole yeah, evening. Might as well just look down and make it up as you go. So, folks, if you're out there listening, I I wung. That whole night, I the whole thing. I was, was notes on my hand that yeah. were sweating. <laughs> I had so if I mispronounced anybody's name or forgot anything or oh boy, when I was watching uh, my intro, when I introduced uh, uh, God bless America. Oh yeah, you're giving yourself notes, man. Or America the Beautiful mm-hmm. and uh, the national anthem. Boy, am I rusty. I must have said, ladies and gentlemen, 1,500 times in three minutes. <laughs> Holy smokes. You know, this is the type of stuff that you just cringe when you're watching it back going, oh, I did that? Boy, I might as well just been patting my head and rubbing my stomach. Well, you know, I hear some really good actors never watch their movies. Kim never. Basinger? Never. Never. No, she, in fact, when she would Me do, neither. I've never watched her When movies. she would do interviews, she'd bring a paper bag because she'd hyperventilate on stage. Man, she's yeah. stressed. She was having a hard time with it. I A lot of times, I wouldn't either. In yeah. fact, probably five years, I didn't re-listen to an interview I did. <laughs> well, I listened to it in the moment. Everything's fine. Well, you know, with this, you have to be able to get up and improv. You've got to be able to, you know, respond to the crowd. You've got to be able to keep things moving. There's a million different pieces moving at once. Right? Oh, and then I got some people that I, you know, said, yeah, we'll get an interview in. Oh, and we never even got the yeah. real oil field women recorded. Ugh. So that got scrapped. Okay. We only really got one interview in with uh, uh, Miss Teen North Dakota, Alexandra Garcia. Thank you so much for your assistance and everything Good interview. you did. You know, that worked out really well. This is why it worked out better. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is why it worked out better. And this is a great example with uh, Alexandria Garcia. This year, we had, I mean, we had our shit together this year because. There were speakers in every single corner of that parking lot. So everybody heard everything. Mm-hmm. Okay. So when Alexandra got up there to speak for two and a half, three minutes, five minutes tops on uh, mental health mm-hmm. and the importance of it, well, because the superintendent of schools, Kirsten Baszler, was backstage judging, mm-hmm. and I walked up to her and said, hey, would you like to come on stage and say a few things about the importance? And she's like, absolutely. Nice. So now we added her. Yeah. And then Patrick Bertinoli, who is the one who basically introduced me to Alexandra, I'm like, how would you like to come up on stage and actually introduce her? Mm-hmm. I'll just introduce you guys. Yeah, and then you and, guys. Well, because they're the experts. Yeah, yeah. They're going to know this yeah. better than me, and I don't have any notes. Right. <laughs> You're <laughs> delegating here, Again, man. Again, keep it on the eight ball. Let's yep. not look like an idiot here. <laughs> Anybody. Nobody looks like an idiot, right? So. Oh, you're a juggler, really. When you're MC, right? You're juggling. It is. And, that, and, I, and on the way back, I had the pleasure of explaining why my mood was very direct in a lot of cases with my son and his friend and, mm-hmm. you know, the Bach and Bridge crew that we brought up because I, I was explaining that to them how this is the way the world works, mm-hmm. that when one person is late, for example, it ripples through. And then yeah. one person 
forgets this, it ripples through, and yeah. then all of a sudden you just you're constantly playing Jenga. Yeah, it's plugging the hole in the dam. You yeah. totally are, yeah. and and that's just normal. Yeah, and you just got to roll with it, and you know you got to act like a duck. You got to be just right. calm on the top and moving those legs underneath, Expect making everything chaos, work. Right? Oh, and it was great. Oh, and Kelly Armstrong. Okay, U.S. Congressman Kelly Armstrong. Remember how I said he was in Wapaton earlier that day? Yeah. Well, he was late, so he didn't get to judge. So, all right, well, you're now announcing the winners. Right. <laughs> so, and I'm like going, Jason Spies, you're kicked out now. You're no longer announcing the You're just the moving winners. the parts, man. You're, moving the parts. You've been usurped by a, you, and I said that on stage, too. I go, I've been usurped by a U.S. congressman, you know? Well, you know, if you're going to get usurped. Might as well. Who, well, be. who do you think's get the big, the biggest cheers of the night of the winners, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I fell on my sword for that and said, Ooh. okay. <laughs> By the way, I weaseled my way in there because I was the one holding up the trophies. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you're all, at least in the pictures. I was uh, mooching the uh, applause off the mm-hmm. U.S. congressman. I think that's photobombing, isn't that what they call that? The I think it's just days. flat out mooching. Just a mooch. Well, we used to call it Cato Kaleen back, okay. in, back in the day. Remember Cato Kaleen? I do, yes. The, from original, the original reality OJ. star? Yep. Folks, look up Cato Kaleen on your uh, Google. What do we call that? Encyclopedia nowadays, whatever. Your, your Google history. And Cato Kaleen was... O.J. Simpson's pool boy. Pool boy and resident in the guest house. Yeah, he kind of lived in the pool house, yeah. right? Yeah, I think he was a golf pro, you know, probably. No, he was a dude. Just yeah. He was a bona fide dude. He had yeah. long hair. He spoke like a dude. He, was, he didn't have a care in the world. And he became just the kind of first reality TV star because of that court case. Yep. And then everybody went, boy, people like this Cato Kalin. What if we just grabbed a whole bunch of nobodies? And just put them in a room together. Okay, we'll do that. And film it. And film it. Yeah, it costs us 50 bucks. 20 Boom. years later, yeah. that programming still is on wow. TV today. Well, and on Wikipedia, he's known as an American actor, radio, television personality who was a witness in the O.J. Simpson murder case. So that's his bang right there. <laughs> Is that what it says? Yep. Witness in the O.J. Simpson yep. case? Yep. <laughs> the bulk of his Wikipedia page is the O.J. Simpson murder case. Oh, that guy always cracked me up, Cato yep. Kalin. But- well, you know, it was like, uh, that was one of my first, like you said, first sort of reality show, but like... That the sort of celebrity nature of this type of stuff, it really took off during that. Oh, it did. As a result it did. It, yeah. absolutely. And Ito, too. Lance Ito yep. kind of became the real-life Judge Wapner and yep. Judge Judy. Yep. Uh, are those real judges, by the way? I think they are real, right? Well, real-ish. I think they have to be real to Some do the court of... cases, but they're just kind of like, you know, not really real. I, you know, like not serving on a circuit or as a judge, not as a sitting judge. It's maybe. like an honorary. Honor- yeah. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, I think they give Kid Rock an honorary well, judge. If you some- look at it, does any judge really want any of those? <laughs> Over 40 bucks, a couple people, you know, yeah. ripping each other. You know what? Most out? of the judges that were in those famous cases would probably have preferred to have not been in those famous <laughs> cases, man. So when the court, when the actual court doesn't want you. Yeah. And Jerry Springer says, you're just not our type. Yeah. That's where you go. You fit right through. You, you spread the needle, man. Right above the chiclets and right <laughs> below the erasers on the pencil. That's where you fit in. Right next to the Play Hard Work Hard Morning Show. It's
music featured on the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show this week is by Elma Cook. This is Elma Cook. <laughs> Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. <laughs> The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. Is sponsored in part by Orange Property Management. The origins of Orange Property Management date back to the year 2000 when Fargo native Mike Marcel, an entrepreneur who was living in California, was starting to acquire residential properties in the Bay Area as a little side venture. Fast forward to today, Orange Property Management has grown to 36 full-time employees across 13 communities with a portfolio of over 1,300 residential and commercial units ranging from single-family homes to multi-family apartment elements. For more information, visit their website, orangeproperties.com. That's orangeproperties.com. The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. Is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. That's what love is like that. Yeah. Who am I that I would push back? Is that the loving thing you made of it? Welcome back to the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show, powered by The Crude Life. My name is Jason Spies, that is Sterling, and have you never seen The Jerk? I have, of course, seen The Jerk, but it's been a couple of years, When, when he's the carny, and he's like... He's yes. guess your weight or something, yeah, right? Yeah. If you win, you can, you know, he's got all the prizes. Wall of big just, bears and radios. He's like, you win this right above the chiclets, right below the erasers. It's like one square it's like a inch stick of, of gum. prizes. He's like, that's pretty much all you can win is that. That's what you win. And Anyway, so I forget sometimes that these movies are like 40, 50 years old because some of them were made before I was born. Just because I watched him in the '80s doesn't mean no, no. When we when the jerk came out, we would have been kids. But I do remember it playing on you know HBO right at the grandparents' right. house and at TBS or WTBS. Whoa! Think about this, folks. That's taking it. I am so old. Bum bum bum. I'm so old. Let me grab the mic here. How old are you? I went to school with dinosaurs. TBS, you know, with uh, the comedy. Yeah. 
I believe they're home of comedy, right? That's what they tried to brand I think themselves so, yeah, as. Yeah, at that point, yep. I remember when they were WTBS. Which stood for? I don't know. I'm not even sure what TBS, the Turner, broadcast. Oh, Turner, Turner Broadcast. Broadcast Station. Mm. And my guess is, is Warner? World. Or Warner. No, not Warner. No, World. No, he, he was, uh, he didn't, Turner he was Warner until later. No, Ted Turner, one of the most fascinating rises to riches. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of, lot of luck. A lot of timing. Yep. And ample assets. Uh, he's, I would say he's, uh, he worked for his. He Dude, did. I love the classic movie channel back in the day. Well, okay, just very quickly, and then we'll get into news. But uh, the kind of the real basic of Ted Turner is he basically inherited like his uncle's UHF station, right? Mm-hmm. So like the Weird Al show. Yeah, it was UHF. just like Weird Al. Show. Yeah, I mean it was some cable station <laughs> yeah. somewhere. But he was smart enough to be able to figure out how to leverage that as TBS, right? But he started building it up. At that time, uh, I believe it was MGM was having a fire sale on the rights to their movies because mm-hmm. they were going bankrupt or broke. And so I don't know if he had money or leveraged it. or Anyway, he got the rights to all these old crappy movies. Yep. And hey, so that's where Turner crappy. Classic Movies basically came from is because yeah. he owned the rights to these movies. Yep. Well, he was pretty much by default because of his content. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that. We're coming full circle. Because he had so much content, he could put out a 24-hour cable station, WTBS. Well, Atlanta, Atlanta Braves, this and that, right? So, because WGN was the other one. That's right. Yeah. Uh, with the Chicago Cubs. So, a very similar business model. But a lot of it had to do with the rise of cable television. If the cable television rise wouldn't have happened, Ted Turner... Or at a different time, because he was really at that beginning. That, you he know, was so, way at the beginning. Way at the beginning. Yeah. I mean, CNN, obviously, things like that. Yeah. So anyway, there's your quick little... Yeah, your little trivia factoid for tonight's party. <laughs> uh, so we got some news, huh? We do. We do have some news. So... All right, uh, let's see. We got a headline here. This is from oilprice.com. Big oil looks to cut production following activist backlash. So two weeks ago, Big Oil suffered a series of boardroom and courtroom defeats in the hands of hardline climate activists. ExxonMobil lost three board seats to Engine Number no. 1, an activist hedge fund, in a stunning proxy campaign. Engine number one told the Financial Times that Exxon will need to cut fossil fuel production for the company to position itself for long-term success. Is this like a vegan going on the board of Hormel or Tyson? What what they're quoted as saying, the engine number one leader is quoted as saying on the board here is that... What what is this engine number one? That's the name of their hedge fund. He says, what we're saying is plan for a world where maybe the world doesn't need your barrels. This is their board member saying this? Then, this is this is one of the engine number one oh. uh, activists that has been put on to the board seats. Then, uh, let's see, what do they say here? No less than 61% of Chevron shareholders voted to further cut emissions at the company's annual investor meeting a week ago, rebuffing the company's board, which had urged shareholders to reject it. I'm telling you, two of these... Two of these three are going to merge. Then you've got that Dutch court uh, decision we talked about a week or so ago. They ordered Royal Dutch Shell to cut its greenhouse gas emissions harder and faster than it had previously planned. So never mind the fact that Shell had already pledged to cut emissions by 20% by 2030 and to net zero by 2050. The court in Hague determined that this wasn't good enough and demanded a 45% cut by 2030 
compared to 2019 levels. Senator Kramer might be right. We might be down to three oil companies by the end of the year. Well, you know, as somebody like me who doesn't really understand how these corporations really interact or work, but it does seem like that would make sense where you're going to have, you're only going to have certain people allowed to do certain things with oil and gas. And the easiest way to do that would be to have just two or three of them. You cannot take away your main revenue stream and expect to stay in business. Right. That, that It doesn't get any more simple than that. And that's what, if you have board members telling you we're going to remove your number one revenue stream well that doesn't make any sense to me and i don't know if the engine number one is a board member i don't even understand any of that sounds like they're the hedge fund that got three of their members on the board that's what i mean i don't understand how any of this stuff works anymore me neither i've no i used to think that your board members tried to help you but (laughs) apparently this is that's what's new climate coup going on here where these board members are being overtaken by climate activists well it's it's that's that social aspect of the social governance is that's the way they're doing it is they're they're getting enough money Money and enough pull to be able to go directly to the source of power at these companies and change things. There's another sli- slice to this too, which is that the the big cruise shift is about done. Okay, I I've, was saying that you know there's still a couple of years left, but I think COVID made it over with. So about 95 percent of the industry is now retired. Okay, mm-hmm. or at least taken their their leadership role behind the scenes. And I'll tell you what. There are some real, there's, and I'll, I'm just going to say it. There are some real assholes in this industry. You got potty mouth today. Well, I just got back from Texas and I just got back from the bar, Bach and Barbecue. Yep. I heard an earful from I people. Bet. Probably two earfuls. In fact, I heard people say that if this cruise shift is over and these are the people in power, I'm gone tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Because, well... You, you remember the, some of the stories I've told you about how these people treat me. Mm-hmm. I could tell you another story that happened when I was in Texas. You want to hear it? Just recently? No, yeah, I was yeah. just down there. Yeah. Down at that trade show, right? Yeah. What happened? Well, okay. What, what, what have I told you about some of the other people that work for these big giant companies? Mm-hmm. Who act like it's their company. Right. So they've got their side gig going through right. it or their they, social they media have all, page. They have yeah. all the power over yeah. all these subcontractors and supply chain mm-hmm. people. When I get introduced to them, what do they do to me? Just cold shoulder. Turn their back to me. Literally turn their back to me. They don't even say hello. Yeah. They do not extend their hand out to shake my hand. When a third party is introducing me to them, no, they just turn their shoulder and look away. Just you're not okay? even there. You're invisible. So again, that happened this time yeah. down in Texas again. Okay. So I'm at a group with about 20 people, right? Met them out. Mm-hmm. Introduction, third party introduction, so-and-so. No. Turned his shoulder, whatever. He went and sat down at the opposite end of the table. Mm-hmm. So I'm sitting down. Well, the guy that I'm talking to, well, he's now in the industry, mm-hmm. but he used to work in the media. He's really curious about my business model because he gets it. He understands it. Well, somebody must have said to the one guy, you better go down and say hi to Jason, right? Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, this guy comes and he sits down. This is how the conversation starts, right? He interrupts us, okay? Interrupts me and the other guy who's having a... 15-minute conversation well, yeah, because he's that's here now. going very well. Yeah, but he's here now. Right, he's yeah, here you now. You need to shut up. So he sits down and goes, so what are you, some fucking YouTube guy, huh? 
You're like, yeah. That's how our conversation starts. But I'm like, yeah, totally. Yeah. That's what it's like dealing with a lot of these guys who are in power. Yeah. So if these guys work for shareholders, ESG is going to flush them right out. Whoosh. That's why a lot of these oil and gas companies are scared shitless of ESG because the people that they put in power are misogynistic, are chauvinistic, and the way that they abuse power is borderline criminal. And what happens to somebody that's got power and used to power and and they start to lose it? And here's the newsflash about the crude life. We actually look out for the people. And you know what I've learned? There's a huge market for human decency. Oh, God, yeah. A huge market yeah, there is. for somebody who People actually hungry for it, man. believes in human decency, yep. who's going to stick up to a son of a bitch like that and say, you know what? You can take your money, turn it sideways, and stick it right up your ass. Yes. What's in the news? What's the next news story? <laughs> well, just real quick on that one. I just yeah. want to wrap up this because this is, this, is, this is telling. No, I want splinters sideways <laughs> up the ass. No wrapping it. CNBC has reported that Shell is considering selling its holdings in the U.S. oil field worth as much as $10 billion. What did I say? We're going to be down to three. So the super major company <laughs> is said to be evaluating sell all of its 260,000 acre holding in the Permian oh Basin. My. It's going to be nuts, man. It's going to be Verizon, Exxon, Chipotle <laughs> soon enough. <laughs> soon enough, folks. So talking about ESG, right? There's a, an article out of rigzone.com the other day. It says how to tell a real oil and gas ESG program from a fake, right? We were just talking about this ESG. I didn't even know what it meant in, in January. Now yeah. it's everywhere, right? So they're talking about how it's a hot topic. Many mm-hmm. companies are now taking some of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, which I'd never heard of, called SDGs, and now developing ESG programs around them with initiatives to establish net zero emission by 2050. So they say in the past, they've measured the oil and gas industry by the number of barrels of production capacity, the complexity of refineries, and the integration of upstream and downstream. Now we also review the contribution of these assets in terms of sustainability and measure them against SDGs and now ESG. God, that's a mouthful, man. It's like English, but I have no idea what the hell they're talking about. So, and, and here's the thing is that that you, you need to keep it simple. When yes, it comes to transparency ESG. is what they say here. And right. Yeah. And again, it, it, it all goes back to this. This is why a lot of the people that are in power right now, the same money to the same people, those are the ones that are going to resist this the most. Yeah. Because those are the ones that the bodies are not buried well. Well, and up until about <laughs> it's just, four it's, months ago, it's these not. were all these people, their whole purpose was to fight against this. Exactly. That's right? what I'm saying. That so the, the way the API said, hey, let's do a climate change tax now. Yeah. And everybody's like, um, what's going on now? Yeah, what? Okay. Well, see, but they, I just keep coming back to, so you now, know, they knew it was coming. Well, right. As, as a journalist, all I got to do is open records request to Facebook or LinkedIn to get the stuff. Sure. Yeah. Right. If it's through the state. Yeah. Absolutely. Somebody should if they're not already doing that. Oh, you can. Oh, absolutely. That's the other part of this is a lot of this is digital. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you can you can just go ahead and get a digital. Yeah. That's there. There's an episode of South Park called Fort Collins. Mm-hmm. And OK, it is like so prophetic. So what happens is, is, is the uh, it's about trolling, right? It's okay. about trolling and. 
some woman in Denmark commits suicide. And so the country of Denmark has been working on an anti-trolling device. Mm. And what it does is it opens up the internet to everybody so everybody can read everything that's oh, ever been on it, every boy. email, every text message, everything. So we're all screwed. So Fort Collins just implodes. Like, <laughs> you call my daughter, lights them on fire, yep. gasoline, oh, you know. It's man. Like, it's just completely, the town blows up. Yeah. And of course, South Park says, okay, we got a solution. Nobody read anything and we'll all be fine. Yeah, just stay off the Especially internet, man. Especially your wife, Helen. Yes. Don't read any don't of my read, text Don't read my lies. We'll yep. be fine, you know. <laughs> so it is genius. But that's kind of where we're going. And Okay, I've been doing this for 10 years. I don't call myself an ESG expert. Other people do. Yeah. Okay, Meridian, Meridian Energy Group did an ESG report three years ago. I helped them with it. That's like, I didn't even know what ESG was three years ago. Okay, it, was, it, was, it actually had a different name. It had four letters. That it was a it was an ESG four nine or yeah, something. Just trimmed the fat. I, I can't huh? remember what it was, but it was it was actually yeah. There was four letters to it because it was ESG or something else. But um, we used to do a weekly update on the Meridian Davis Refinery mm-hmm. for transparency reasons. Yeah, we'd have the CEO on every week or the the head engineer. We actually would bring on uh, Zia Engineering out of New Mexico just so people could be aware that people from outside of the state are helping on this too. I mean, weekly we would do these things, okay? And that's ESG, folks. So the body of work is done. And it's interesting what's going on. We just ESG'd the, the Bach and Barbecue. Right. Hey, those were yummy ESG potatoes, right? Sanctioned. But we got certifications, certifications and everything. Yeah, yeah we're going to file it with the global monitoring, the, 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 uh, the global, cre- mm-hmm. whatever they're called, and... Um, See if you get some credits or tokens. Well, and here's the thing, you know. What happens? I don't understand. Some of these ESG things are a little bit more like hubcaps on a car. Right. You know, and and if you ever played Dungeons and Dragons, it's like five copper pieces (laughs) or like five nickels, you know, and you're trying to get to a dollar or something. So it's, but, you know, pebbles add up. Yeah. Nickels make dollars. And it's just those little things that, that go. And so, well, we did with the Bach and barbecue is just made sure we had certain elements taken care of. Mm-hmm. Checking um, those boxes. Even, even the little thing of adding America, the beautiful as well as the national anthem. Mm-hmm. Okay. Adding the national anthem would have been just enough. Yeah. But adding one more element to it. It's more, you're trying to be more inclusive. Well, you are. are are the option. And there's there's awareness parts to it, too. Yeah. 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 So, and. You know, I mean, that's the thing. Like you said earlier about civility, you know, is it's it's something that is in short supply in most media that we're confronted with every day. And I think people really, most people are just thirsty. They're hungry for some civility. When I was in Oklahoma, Texas, North Dakota, South Dakota, and sleeping outside of Fort Niobrara, Nebraska, (laughs) I can tell you this, folks. The market for civility and human decency is the greatest thing going right now. People will pay for it. It's a buyer's market for some civility. People will pay for it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, geez, yeah. That's all right. So... uh, (laughs) What else do we got? We got any other news stories? Or yeah, I've got, got just kind of a fun one here because... Uh, Good, I, I got, I got my... You got your, 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 what do they call it, your hackles? That's a little bourbon in my yeah, coffee. Yeah, you're feeling a little burn in your lower Tequila. cockles. <laughs> so this is uh, uh, a petition 
demanding Amazon's Jeff Bezos be banned from returning to Earth after he takes his special flight to space. The uh, petition is up to 50,000 signatures as of today. So (laughs) here's my question. Do you think we'd continue to subsidize him so he could build a moon rocket? The uh, the originator of the petition, uh, I'm trying to find a name here, but he says I mean, billionaires. You, you know how much of a fan I am to give millionaires more money because that <laughs> single mother working three jobs, yeah, she really needs to give Bill Gates another 50 bucks, but go on. Quote, billionaires should not exist on Earth or in space, reads the change.org initiatives description. But should they decide the latter, they should stay there. Since its emergence roughly two weeks ago, the petition has quickly gone viral, garnering more than 45,000 signatures. That's less than 5,000 away from its goal of amassing 50,000, which I imagine flips some switch and he has to stay in space, right? Off-brand Bond villains need to stay in space where they belong, wrote one backer, detailing the reason for endorsing the movement goodbye jeff added another <laughs> i love that poll who's gonna be the next bond villain elon musk or um, bezos or bill gates well which one's currently trying to build a mars kingdom what now mars elon musk he wants to build a kingdom on mars you know so i'd say he, he's bond I, I actually think he's like kind of schizophrenic or something i i think there's something wrong with him and he's just so charismatic. He's got everybody smart. When you're that rich, you're not mentally but, ill. You're um, well, eccentric. What was wrong with Willy Wonka? Oh, geez. Was he just hopped up on goofballs or sugar diabetes yeah, or what? It depends on which version of Willy Wonka we're talking about. <laughs> not the Johnny Depp one. Not no, the Johnny no, Depp no, one. No, no that's, the, that's the touch me on the wrong place doll. <laughs> the Gene Wilder version. Yeah. That's what Elon Musk is like. Yeah, kind of that eccentric, but it's... When you're allowed to live in your own reality... I mean, seriously, when you're allowed, when you can wake up one morning and decide you want to screw up uh, Dogecoin, you can just tweet about it. Did Michael you know? Jackson have that too? Kind of, or is it, I think he was more of a, a product of society. I, I don't know. When I watched that Johnny Depp version, I thought it, he was channeling Michael Jackson. Johnny, Johnny Depp was, which and not in a good way. Hey, I grew up with Michael Jackson, Jackson I, Five. I couldn't Thriller make it. beat it. You know it. I couldn't make it through that version of Johnny Depp. It was uh, horrible. Willy it was Wonka, horrible. Charlie Chocolate Factory. But you know it's what's interesting to me about this stuff here is that you're starting to get because there's the ability to do things like Change.org and these petitions. They don't. They're not going to go anywhere. But you're really starting to see this very vocal, almost cynical reaction to the extreme wealth of these guys. You know, mm-hmm. I have nothing against people that are well off or wealthy and have worked hard for it. And clearly he has worked for it. Right. But why are we still subsidizing these guys? You know, you look at what they paid in taxes allegedly over the last couple of years. In some cases, nothing personal taxes. That's another thing that I heard a lot of, you know, a lot of um, how much did you pay last year in personal taxes? Probably a couple thousand dollars at least. Well, you got to start off by pay- paying a small business tax on yeah. the gate. Yeah. You get right, right away because you decide you want to be a business owner. You got to give money to the bigger businesses. Yeah, when I That's started, where it goes. when I started my business in Fargo ten years ago, nobody reached out and said, "Hey, we'd like to give you some subsidies you to encourage any, your business growth." Did you get any? I did not. No, get not any. yet. Still haven't got. No, no we, they reached out a couple of months ago and asked if I was still interested, and I was like, "Well, I'm glad you checked to see if I was still alive, but no, I don't want the money now." Was it a loan? It was a loan. Yeah, yeah. They, it they wasn't. Want, yeah, yeah, they want to give you bills. Yeah, they want. They, to give they don't you want bills. to give you assistance. Yeah. Or I've help. got enough of those. Right. You know? Yeah. 
They, I know it's, it's remarkable. I so mean, I don't mind people that have money. It's nothing against that. It's people that it's like, you've told me stories about like the basketball player, right? Couldn't buy a drink once he got a, a contract, right? Or the football player, you know, oh, uh, no, Rick Helling, Rick, from, yeah. uh, Rick Helling from the Texas Rangers Rangers. Thank you. He wanted uh, world series with the Florida Marlins, but um, yeah, no, he, he's a uh, executive for major league baseball, but now. you know, and that's yeah. a real similar story. I yeah. bet across sports is so the story like, is that when Rick Helling was in the minor leagues, mm-hmm. he was making a nickel a day, right? right? Net. He was netting a nickel a day when it was all <laughs> said and done. If he was lucky and nobody would give him the time of day yeah. and, you know, bartenders would charge him double, you know, all kinds of stuff, right? Yeah. Well, when he signed his, you know, five is is five year, forty-five million dollar contract with the Rangers, there wasn't a restaurant he could pay for a beer yeah. at. There wasn't a place that he could everybody was paying for everything yeah. for him. And he's and he, I'll never forget this because here's this millionaire saying, Jason, that is so wrong. A time when I needed help the most, nobody would give me the time of day. Yeah. At a time when I was the one who should be helping everybody, nobody would take my help, and they kept giving me help. Yeah, it's so backwards. Yeah, I mean, it really does. It's it, it just it says a lot about society. And this was like, like late '90s. Yeah, and, I, and it's just gotten worse. It's man. gotten worse. It's just gotten yeah, worse. Yeah, that's why. What, what do you remember? What I texted you when COVID happened? Jeez, which time? <laughs> what, what to invest in? Oh. What were the three things I said? I said uh, uh, hand sanitizer. That's right, hand sanitizer, toilet paper, toilet paper. and what else? What What's my it? famous one? Yacht wax. That was going to be the business for the rich, man. That's right. I said. Sorry, so you have so was, many different ideas. No, it was fine, but it was um, yacht wax, sanitizer, yep. and toilet paper. Yep. So one was a, a, a regulatory thing you're going to need. Yep. The other one was a necessity. Yeah, you're definitely going to need. And then the other one was. Well, what's going to be the Bed Bath & Beyond of the rich people? Yacht wax. What are they going to need? That right? they're not going to they, need. Yeah, but what is their not need for this right. year? What yeah. is their not need they're for not this need. year? They're not need. Oh, Calypso music. <laughs> capes. Right, Let's saltwater see. taffy. Saltwater taffy, <laughs> exactly. Books about shoes. <laughs> Basically, whatever Oprah says goes. The movement like a chess piece. It's not the loving thing. While I am bold enough to go there and go nowhere Cause I wanna tell you when we next meet I mean, God willing That I prayed only for your prayer The music featured on the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show this week is by Elma Cook. This is Elma Cook. She would let me stay here for longer But she knows I got Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. Daylight's getting lower, lower and lower. Wish I could show you, baby, The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. It's sponsored in part by Orange Property Management. The origins of Orange Property Management date back to the year 2000 when Fargo native Mike Marcel, an entrepreneur who was living in California, was starting to acquire residential properties in the Bay Area as a little side venture. Fast forward to today, Orange Property Management has grown to 36 full-time employees across 13 communities with a portfolio of over 1,300 residential and commercial units ranging from single-family homes to multi-family apartment 
developments. For more information, visit their website, orangeproperties.com. That's orangeproperties.com. The Crude Life, play hard, work hard, is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in Western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. Hey folks, Jason Spies with The Crude Life. Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Play hard, work hard. Now, let's play hard. You remind me that I'm not in control. I'm out of control, man. You know I think that I'm better alone. But you're keeping me open and what I see and you're something they don't. You already know that. It's only emotion. I bet my Welcome pride. to the Food Life Morning Show. Play hard, work hard. My name is Jason Spees. We are live here at the Permian Basin Association of Pipeliners booth at the Shale Energy Resources Trade Show Conference 2021 here at the Midland Horseshoe Pavilion. We are very excited, very honored, and very grateful to have. Texas Railroad Commissioner Jim Wright with us here, who just got done speaking up on stage. Now, are you out of Austin, Texas? No, sir. I, I, I have a place in Austin because of the office that, I, that I'm in, but I actually live on a ranch about 50 miles west of Corpus Christi, Texas. Oh, beautiful country. Mm, so let's talk a little bit about what you spoke on today and what's going on in the Railroad Commissioner's office. You know, they, we, we've had a lot of things that's happening this year uh, that surrounds the Railroad Commission, and most of those are stemming from the Winter Storm URI and a lot of the bills that were created from that. And, and, I'm, and I'm proud to say that legislature has recognized that uh, it, it wasn't so much that the winterization would be a huge economic impact to provide uh, fuel for, for electrical generation, but that they recognized that we need to do better about planning for those events. And so I, there, there were some rules that were passed, SB3 being the main one, that uh, now uh, mandates that we figure out how to map and identify those critical sources and make sure that they're available during those, those large extreme winter events. That, not that we may not see another one again, but I think, uh, I think that as population increases, industry continues to increase here in Texas, especially what we've seen here lately with a lot of out-of-state people moving. Our demand on our grid is going to be coming even more, and, and I think that's going to prove across the board that we're going to have to identify and make sure that we have electricity that's reliable there for everyone. When I was driving down here listening to all the air conditioners going here in the 110-degree heat yesterday, <laughs> it reminded me of Chicago, which almost happened what 
happened in Texas last summer. Yes, sir. Because in some of the northern states, we start kicking up our air conditioners, and that can overload the grid that we're not used to. And so this is becoming more and more of a problem, I think, than people probably realize. Well, I think, I think if you look at the example out in California. and Cal- great one. Yeah, California uh, really embraced the renewable energy side where, where they criticized what, what they felt like the oil and gas industry was comp- uh, doing to our environment. And, and, and from that, since that those sources, the technology on wind and solar are not really up to par, I don't think yet, they, they've experienced the same thing that I think that we're going to start seeing here in Texas. You know, and, and that's the reason I, when I spoke this morning, I think it's so important that we start figuring out better ways to, to make sure that we're cognizant of what we're doing to the environment, but to also provide that resource to, to a, uh, a generation's uh, projects that that would be reliable as far as electrical generation, but I also think that you know if we're going to go and and try to create that, that we we capture our emissions, and and uh, and maybe we need to look at being uh, being qualified for some tax subsidies so that we can make sure that 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 electricity is there for what what our future is going to be here in Texas. Well, one thing I would like every elected official to know is that. From my understanding, between 50 and 60% of every city's grid is hospitals and emergency services. That is correct. Mm -hmm. Now, if you take a look at California, that is probably Americans' test model of this next Mm -hmm. generation we're going into. Mm -hmm. But we can go to Germany, who's been, you know, just been brought, pedestalized of this great green you know, a country going all green. Well, they had to fire up the coal plants again, and they're burning forests. You actually have protesters now protesting against the green movement because of 100-year-old forests. So there's actually several templates that a lot of elected officials can look at. We're no longer in speculation time here. No, you're exactly right. So how, how can we get them to understand that? Well, I, you know, I th- again, I think that uh, when you look at Texas and, and what we get cr- criticized for every day as far as our industry is concerned and our agency is allowing the, the flaring that, that people think is happening. And, and I will say that Texas has uh, lots more oil and gas wells than any other state in this country. And at our flaring is actually down to less than 0.5%. That's less than 1% as compared to other, other states that are a lot greater than that. And then they're greater because there's really not a market for them to economically get to. Right. Which is some of the things that we have occurring here in Texas. So, you know, I think the answer to flaring and, and the answer to, to continuing to embrace uh, betterment of our environment is, is marketing. You know, how do we create more of a market? And what does that market look like for our people here in Texas? And, and again, I go back to we need to make sure that, that we have what I, what I refer to. I don't like that word flared gas. I like to call it stranded gas, that it could be utilized for electrical generation because we know that problem's coming. It's, it's going to happen. So I, I think that we, we do have a time. We do have a good window now where everybody, I don't care where you're from or what side you're on, when you're sitting at home in 110 degree heat and you don't have electricity, or you're sitting at home when it's zero degrees and you don't have electricity, everybody wants to find a good solution for that. And I think that oil and gas is the one that rises to the top there. 
and and I think that we just need to figure out a way of how that works better for the consumer and and how do we you know how do we create that in a in a real reliable way are you guys involved with this EV vehicle push it all does that reach it all the way to your office no sir we don't okay. we don't have anything to do with so that you're not overseeing that okay no. all right so we won't get into that because mm. I, I do want to ask a little bit about this whole I will I will say this about oh, sure. that though yeah. is uh, we had a company that once wanted to move into Texas that creates a uh, lithium for batteries okay and uh, they were discouraged if they had to fall under the rules of of our counterpart the Texas Commission on Environmental Quality and and I felt like it was important again as I said in my speech earlier I want to embrace embrace all sources of of energy uh, as long as it's good for the consumer and and I'm not convinced that the technology is there on other sources what I call renewable that, that is necessarily good, as you see in Germany, mm-hmm. for the consumer. Uh, but when, when you look at when you look at the uh, the the impact that that uh, we're, we're having on on the environment, or that people think we're having on the environment, I just don't I don't I don't think that's there. But I think we can improve, and I, and, and I think we can move forward. Well, I I often get on my I often get on my uh, mm-hmm. oil drum every now and then when it comes to. Wind. We don't get political on this show, but I do on wind energy because, uh, you know, I, and again, I grew up in farming, and so I, I'm very aware of uh, the grocery store replacing the farmer. I came from publishing, so I know how the internet replaced the media, and, and, and bloggers and podcasters, the whole deal, you know. And right now, the oil and gas and coal worker are being replaced by the light switch. It's, it's like really that cut and dry almost. So when I take a look at what's going on in this EV vehicle revolution, I got some concerns on that because we're in a little bit of the planet of platitudes. When we take a look at what wind energy, I still believe the farmers from 150 years ago were more efficient with wind energy than we are today. From my understanding, a lot of places still don't have the reclamation or the recycling figured out for these these wind turbines, which is now a new problem that we're going to kick down the, the line. Go ahead. Well, you know, if you look at uh, wind energy and you look at what our demand is today in the grid, I mean, this 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 is written in a lot of different places. It is a fact. If we said, okay, we agree, uh, natural gas, coal, and nuclear are horrible. We're going to rely strictly on wind or solar. You would have to put a windmill on about every 0.74 acres in Texas just to even get close to our demand today. So whenever I ask people, what is what is really worse for the environment? Something like that magnitude, I think, would change wind direction. Not not to mention all those things that you just brought up. You know, th- those things don't last forever. Where do we put that? How do we, there is no recycling of it. People have attempted that, so they're being buried. You know, in yeah. a, that, that is a lot of a lot of stuff to deal with. I think that's more harmful to the environment than anything we have today. But again, I, I think there's a place for that. But it but it has to make economic sense, and it's got to be cognizant on the environment as is we we have to be. The other part about the wind energy that people don't talk about is they've almost extinct the golden eagle in the southwest. The Obama administration had to sign. Uh, an executive order so that wind energy companies would not get sued because so many eagles were getting knocked out of the sky so the the, the energy company was getting sued at the end of the day so I, I remember looking at that executive order saying I understand it but wow how did we get to this point point?" and then this Germany when now they're finding out 
80% of the insect and, and bat and bird populations are being decimated. And guess what? Farmers need those. Bats mm-hmm. pollinate. Yes. Bats are a main economic. Mm-hmm. In fact, there's an economic indicator in every, you go to every county USA, and someone in some county will tell you the economic impact of a bat. Not a bird. They don't care about birds. Mm-hmm. But bats, they do. I agree with that. You know, so, I, I, I think, again, that, that renewable energy, it, it, it has a place, but, but, but I think it needs to be where it's, it's good for the consumer. And right now, with the tax subsidies that it's receiving, if people really knew the truth behind that, it's not good for the consumer because its cost at the end of the day is eight times more than what our reliable energy sources are. It's just I don't know that people are educated enough to understand it. And that's one of the things that I think is important coming out of my office is that education process. Solar, I think, has a future, but I think that we're going the wrong direction there. I've been hearing about the terawatt storage for 10 years now. So now that I know more about the rare earth minerals and the mining, I, I just... I got to go back to my crazy idea from five, ten years ago when I said, honestly, the best way to make solar work is every city has to mandate that you build the house facing south with windows. I go, until you do that, solar cannot even be competitive mm-hmm. to, to use it for that passive sun. And to honestly see a municipality do that or a state or a government, I, I don't ever see that happening because that's like dictator control at that point. Well, until we can come up with a good economical way of storing that energy to use, you know, at a later time, uh, which is not definitely not here yet, but that's where a lot of that lithium comes into. Yeah. And, and the lithium that we use in battery production today here in the States, the States actually produce 1% of that. The rest of that comes from foreign countries, foreign countries that if they saw how that was produced, is horrible for our environment. Mm-hmm. The lithium company that I talked about earlier actually is looking at extracting it out of saltwater formations from underneath the ground, which is a very clean way of doing it. That's very interesting. That's the reason I wanted them to come to Texas. I'd like to see that if we're going to look at and that technology improve in the battery side, it ought to be it ought to start here in Texas. So I, the reason I brought up the EV vehicles as well is that in the last uh, budget or money. Biden money, they had, uh, I don't know what to call it anymore, because everybody has these words, and I, and I totally even forgot what it's called, is executive budget, presidential budget. There's more money for EV vehicles than there is roads and bridges. Yeah, and that's I concerning mean, uh, to me. You bet. Because if, if you guys aren't overseeing EV vehicles, well, you're going to get left hooked and then right hooked. Yeah, you know, the, there's a lot of people making lots of money off those tax taxes that are allowed for that now, and Elon Musk is a very good example of that. Yeah. You know, I, no taxes. Uh, you know, I think that most of that wealth is created off just tax dollars, tax I subsidies. I agree. Um, I did want to mention one thing about, well, I'm on my oil drum real quick before I step down and we talk about uh, uh, climate tax and also about some good old barbecue recipes, is that I do believe, and I've said this for the last five years and I'm going to continue because I've, I've got a gentleman who can actually make some changes out there if he agrees, <laughs> is that... Um, Solar and wind have had 20 to 30 years of substantial subsidies from the federal and state governments, and they have not hit their milestones. Not ours, theirs. They haven't hit their milestones. So to give them more money is the definition of crazy. Now, if you actually just took half of it, just half, and gave it to the natural gas world, I couldn't even imagine what these smart, clever capitalists would do. 
these guys are sleeping well, on well you know, sites, mining Bitcoin and coming up yeah. with super plastics and all kinds of things. That, Go ahead. That's one of the things that we've seen at the agency, too, is, is on the Bitcoin mining and those kind of things. But, it, you know, the energy is just not there. The, the wiring's not there. The generation is not there. But when you look at uh, some of the things I talked about today in my speech, and you're right. The oil and gas industry can be very creative, and we move fast. Uh, so when when you look at Texas and its abandoned pipeline system, you would be shocked of how many abandoned pipelines we actually have in the state. I'm talking about pipelines that are in six-inch diameter or greater that are going to markets that, that need that the uh, electricity, Houston, Dallas, mm-hmm. Valley, San Antonio, Austin, the big metroplexes, there's there's abandoned pipelines that are going to those now. And that's 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 where our our my market sustainability task force is working on to see if we couldn't resurrect those and possibly use that that flared gas dedicated for electrical generation and then through that electrical generation process do a CO, CO2 secret station plan with it and 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 then lobby the feds that we are closed loop system we have nothing affecting our environment and it's good for the people and economics makes sense but but we need those tax subsidies and let's start comparing what that is versus wind and solar because you're right they've had 20 30 years and they've come really nowhere that's right and they're not hitting their milestones that's just it i mean how can you keep giving the same money to the same people and they're not hitting what they're hitting but i I did want to mention too we just had michael regan on uh he was up in the bach and and they mentioned they were doing uh, some carbon sequestration down in texas here that north dakota is now modeling after um, so it's nice to see that this, there's some synergisticness being done with some solution. This, to me, is the oil and gas and, and industry. It's we've been solving problems for a long time, and this whole we've been decarbonizing since Abe Lincoln was in office. 150 years. You go back when we were burning wooden hay, and then we went to Wales, and then we went to you know what I mean, and then we went to uh, uh, coal and kerosene and. We're down to, what, four hydrocarbons now? That's pretty damn clean, man. That's pretty clean, yes, and, sir. And to jump on a... People like to do this, jump on a movement and profit off it. And that's, I think, a lot of that is going on because we have been decarbonizing. It's kind of like when Y2K yeah, you know, came around. A lot, of those, a lot of those profits that you're seeing coming out of Wall Street today are all based on tax subsidies. Of course. And, and, uh, and that's, that's not a, I don't think that's a good place for us to be. You know, you talked about North Dakota a little bit earlier on their, on their CO2 secret yes. station projects. And North Dakota is a little bit different situation than Texas is because they're not, they don't have a market necessarily surrounding them. Their market that's surrounding them are, are, uh, are not allowing pipelines to be built to get their gas to a market. So they, they are, they're really forced to have to do something in that regard because they don't have anywhere for that gas to go. And, in fact, I had a great conversation with a guy that heads up the oil and gas for North Dakota the other day. And Lee I Nels? told him, yes, Lee, and, and I told him, I said, you know, we need, to, we need to work on this plan of these tax subsidies so that we can utilize this gas in, in electrical generation because Texas and other states are having the same issues. Population is not going backwards. It's going forwards. Mm-hmm. Industry is not going backwards. It's going forward. So our demand will continue. That's consistent. How are we going to address that in the future to where the economics work better for the consumer? Well, I would like to see tax dollars being spent today rather than giving it to a problem that doesn't exist in the future. I mean, that's what I mean. We're spending more time on the future 
you know, we are on the present. One of the things that just struck me, uh, I, I just I couldn't hardly believe, is when the current administration re-entered the Paris Climate Agreement. And at the end of the day, I want folks to know what the Paris Climate Agreement really means is, America, we want you to give us your, your tax dollars that you're going to be taxing your people that are putting any type of emissions off in the atmosphere because we want your money. And, and for that, we'll promise to try to get other people under the Paris Climate Accord. People don't realize the United States leads the world in, in, in emission control. We are, we are the best country in the world for that. Even you said it early, Germany doesn't even compare it. I think the progress that we've made on a per industrial capita, we, we, we lead that. Mm-hmm. To re-enter that is nothing but saying that we're going to give more of our money away to foreign countries. That's, that's what that is. So. I still think we should agree mm-hmm. to Kevin Kramer and right away entered it and said, okay, you guys are going to follow us. Yes. We're doing it right, yeah. and if they didn't say goodbye, yes. then we're out. Because yeah. take a hold of the narrative, come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, we we got to talk about the climate tax. Now, my journalism training tells me that your office cannot come out and make a statement if you're for or against or anything like that. But I believe you can educate a little bit on what a climate tax might do or talk about what a climate tax may bring to the industry. So I'm not quite sure on even if you can discuss it or not, but... I, it's, you know, it's floated it, out there. personally, I'm I'm not big on any type of tax. You know, I, I am big on on technology and improving that technology to where we we lessen that carbon going off into the atmosphere. But to impose a tax on this industry today, uh, given the natural gas side of it and what those prices are, that's that's not something that promotes what our economics here in Texas really work on. If if we demonize that industry and we start taxing it like we kind of have been, our economy is going to start to suffer. And when you see Texas economy start to suffer, it kind of stagnates across the nation because, uh, you know, Texas economy is really built on oil and gas. And and we pay those people well that are in that industry. They buy a lot of consumer products that are produced here in America. So so I think that taxing that is is not a necessarily good idea. Is it going to happen? Probably so. But, but I think, again, that's something that we, we need to stand up and fight. If, there, if we're going to start involving taxes and tax subsidies and all, the, all those government regulations that are going to come with that, then we need to be in the middle of that also fighting for ourselves to get our share of that tax subsidy as long as we're being responsible with it. So there are some people that have argued that a climate tax is just going to trickle down to the poor very quickly trickle down tax yeah, of course it will it does mm-hmm. so you know the rich and the the, the rich mm-hmm. will never feel it the you know the the middle class rich eventually will but it'll take mm-hmm. a while but the poor and middle class right away right and, it, away. and that is a big part of educating people and that's why i've been so high on creating that educational task force that's why i asked texas legislator this year to in next legislative session next budget budgeting cycle to please give us the money to start an education process on what oil and gas really is and what it really does for Texas and what is what the heck our agency does for Texas. You know, we're the oldest agency in, in the state. We're also the biggest economic driving agency in the state. Uh, so I, I think it's really important that educating people on what all that means for them is, 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 is got to be done. <laughs> Well, we should probably wrap up here, but I should mention that uh, a week from Friday, so a week from tomorrow, I'm going to be up on stage MC in the Bach and Barbecue for the ninth year. 
uh, for Make-A-Wish this year again. We love uh, present. You know, we bring the kids up on stage, and everybody feels about inch high. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? These kids have got more courage than we've got in our pinky, right? Uh, I agree. <laughs> and this year we're going to also honor first responders. Uh, Miss Teen North Dakota is going to be up on stage talking about mental health. She's from Watford City, so she's from the oil patch. And we're just it's a big hoopla. We have a great time. Uh, we expanded seven more cookers, so it's going to be close to 50 cookers this year. It's a big community event. Do you got any recipes, any barbecue tips, you know, slow and steady wins the race or what? <laughs> Actually, I, I do. You know, I... Right. I, um, I, I I, I can tell you how simple my, my barbecuing is, and, and, it's, and, and it's a very uh, sensitive subject, I think, every Texan here in, here, in, here in the state. But, you know, I, I had a guy teach me a few years ago. He said he had brought a $35 Weber grill, a round one, and uh, he'd been winning a lot of barbecue cook-offs down in South Texas, and that's all he would bring to those cook-offs was that Weber grill. So he came to my ranch one, one day, and he said, I'm going to show you how to cook barbecue because I was the old traditional you got a you got a, uh, a firebox and you you have your barbecue pit and and you cook your meat that kind of thing. He said, "Nah." He said, "That expensive barbecue pit you got over there." He said, "Just junk it." Yeah. He said, "Go buy a thirty-five dollar Weber grill." He said, "And buy you some some coal, some mesquite coal." And he said, "Put that coal around the sides of of the grill and light one end." He said, "That'll make the best barbecue you ever had." And he made me barbecue that day. So ever since then, when I barbecue. That's the way I barbecue, and, and I've got to—I've got to admit, it's—it it was better than what I used to make, and that's a family tradition for us every Sunday. So barbecuing is 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 big for us here in Texas. <laughs> no kidding. That sound—you know who that sounds like? Are you familiar with Junior Urias? No, I'm not. So Junior Urias is the owner of Up and Smoke Barbecue. Okay, he was I've in heard Midland, of that. Texas. Yes. He just moved early uh, last month. Uh-huh. Okay. And he started out basically as a hall behind barbecue guy going out to, you know, oil, yeah. oil pad, oil wells and everything like, well pads and, geez, day's getting early already. <laughs> and uh, he grew it into a brick and mortar. Okay, so great American story, that sort of thing. He ended up on, uh, is it the Travel Channel or the Lifetime? Anyway, the one that had uh, yeah. Byron Mixon. Yes. So he, he won it. He won it with a Weber grill. Yeah. It, his, his big expensive thing malfunctioned, and he had to run and get a Weber grill. And here he won the national TV's competition on a Weber grill. Yeah, I, I, I was amazed when this guy showed me that and how good that barbecue was. And that's what we cook on every day now. Again, it makes you feel about an inch tall, doesn't it? Yes. Like, oh, boy. Well, thank you so much for coming on here seriously we appreciate the accessibility the time we're very grateful thank you for having me on the show right now accessibility and information are are what people need and so thank you i agree thank you i know it doesn't make me one of a kind that i came to you at an opportune time and it doesn't mean i'm one of the guys but i'm grateful you gave me an open my eyes still none of us up in the play we don't think enough about the beauty we make it's all work here every day but when the lights go out it's in that i say sad to behold nothing you could do make me go we'll let the world judge what they don't know giving me a heartbeat making me The music featured on the Play Hard, Work Hard Morning Show this week is by Elma Cook. This is Elma Cook. Cook.
Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life Play Hard, Work Hard is sponsored in part by Orange Property Management. The origins of Orange Property Management date back to the year 2000 when Fargo native Mike Marcel, an entrepreneur who was living in California, was starting to acquire residential properties in the Bay Area as a little side venture. Fast forward to today, Orange Property Management has grown to 36 full-time employees across 13 communities with a portfolio of over 1,300 residential and commercial units ranging from single-family homes to multi-family apartment Developments. For more information, visit their website, orangeproperties.com. That's orangeproperties.com. The Crude Life with host Jason Speece. My name is Jason Speece, and this is the Crude Life Daily Update. On today's episode, we talk with Lynn Helms, the director for the North Dakota Mineral Resources. And today's interview is conducted by Crude Life content correspondent Jenica Hauser. So, um, one, one of the things about a carbon tax is it's, it's sort of. Uh, uh, what do I want to say? It's retroactive and it's punitive uh, in that it takes capital away from the companies. We think a, a better approach is to partner with the industries that are already working on this and successful uh, to some measure and you know provide grant money and encourage capital investment into these kind of technologies as opposed to taxing people for not using the technologies. It, it takes a lot of capital to do one of these things. A um, billion dollars worth of capital to capture the CO2 off a coal-fired power plant and, and deliver it to an oil field. And so if, if you tax them, uh, I guess, you know, that's a stick and, and you can, you know, punish them for not doing that. Yeah. North Dakota's approach, on the other hand, is to take earnings from the Legacy Fund and partner with them in loaning them money at low interest and in investing in research on ways to do it economically uh, so so that they'll have a, a different reason and a different driver for doing it. To listen to the full-length interview with Lynn Helms, Director for the North Dakota Mineral Resources, or to check out other exclusive interviews, visit thecrudelife.com. That's thecrudelife.com. The Crude Life promotes a culture of inclusion and respect through interviews, content creation, live events, partnerships that educate, enrich, and empower people to create a positive social environment for all, regardless of age, race, religion, sexual orientation, physical, or intellectual ability. Everyday energy for everyday people. For more, visit thecrudelife.com. From the staff here at the Crude Life Daily Update, my name is Jason Spees, asking you to always remember, energy is more than an industry, it's a way of life. The Crude Life is sponsored in part by... For more than 100 years, First International Bank and Trust has been headquartered in western North Dakota, home of the Bakken. Our proven record of mineral management, appraisal, and brokerage services is now enhanced by the only Bakken-specific software, Mineral Tracker. Trust First International Mineral and Land Services and Mineral Tracker to protect your interests and help build and preserve a financial legacy for generations to come. 
Did you know about half the trees planted in the last 20 to 30 years have died within the first year? Lack of watering, transplant shock, special interest groups, poor growing conditions are just a few reasons it takes an industry to build a forest, and that is exactly what the industrial forest does. Sustainability sheds, critical pipeline systems are implemented to ensure the forest survives and absorbs carbon for decades to come. It takes an industry to build a forest. If you're interested in sustainable forests, growing industry jobs, check out theindustrialforest.com. That's theindustrialforest.com. Exclusive interview industry news, environmental innovation at thecrudelife.com. the most trusted voice in energy. On the phone, talking with us today, Chairman Christy Craddock of the Texas Railroad Commission. We are the oil and gas regulator, but we do pipelines and pipeline safety inspections for the state of Texas. We have roughly 470,000 miles of interstate and intrastate pipelines in Texas and roughly another 500,000 miles of gas utilities. We have a lot of pipe in Texas. We're the largest pipe state by a six. It's an important part of what goes on in the state, and safety is is really important, obviously, to all of us. Absolutely. You know, the, the oil and gas industry has always been environmentally focused. I mean, uh, the President Biden's administration, that this is Obama-Biden 2.0+. plus. 
and the rate at which we've seen the executive orders flying off the president's desk is taking America back, taking jobs back, and putting us in a detrimental position. But as the attorneys general for a number of states, we are pushing back. Um, from the Department of Transportation, that Permian, the Permian Basin has some of the um, most deadly roads of anywhere in the country. We average a fatality per day. That is absolutely unacceptable, and we need to do better. Uh, we just want to thank everybody that has been so supportive of us, and especially you, Jason. Without, without your help, I don't think our event would be as successful as it is. Welcome back to The Crude Life. Play hard, work hard. I am Sean Forbes with TeamForbes.com and OGDirectory.com. Jason Spies is my co-host today. I went out there on my first rig move, and I was like, wow, I'm permitting all these loads, getting trucks going, load go, and I don't even know what half the stuff was. So when I finally got to go on the rig, I was like, wow, I was amazed. I was truly amazed of how this process is. No, I wasn't expecting any olive branch at all. Uh, the Democrat Party has decided that they don't like oil and natural gas, and uh, they were clear that they're going to go after us. I, I don't think that's any surprise. My name is Jenica, and today we get to talk with Amy Andrzak of the Interstate Natural Gas Association of Americas. Amy is the president and CEO. How are you doing today? I would say my my interest in this arena started more from an interest in politics and advocacy, more so than an interest specifically in the energy industry. Well, the first the, the first advice that I that I want to give is, ladies, put your clothes on, okay? If you want to be taken seriously, put your clothes on, which that's a whole other podcast topic. It's a funny thing when I think sometimes it's just really ironic. I'll, I used to pull into the office and I would see some of my colleagues driving electric cars and things like that. And I'm like, how do you work for a large oil and gas company and <laughs> pull in an electric car? So, I mean, even us, I mean, even in our, in our circles, we can see that things are changing. Actually, you are on the money. Back in 2014 and 15, when we first started approaching our management team at Whiting, our reasoning for wanting to engage in ESG is that we had great stories to tell. We all like living the crude life, so... <laughs> Interested in becoming a sponsor? Email studio at thecrudelife.com.